0: Welcome back to Coach Pep Talk, the podcast for people who run their own coaching businesses. Each week, I talk to an expert who shares wisdom that helps us be better coaches and better coaching business owners. This week, I have Carrie Myten on the line, and she is going to tell us all about how to get and attract coaching clients. This is a really juicy episode with lots of actionable stuff that you can take away and put into practice straight away. So catch us on the other side. Coach Pep Talk is proudly brought to you by Life Coach Office, the one-stop shop for managing your coaching business online. If you've been looking for the ultimate in freedom and flexibility for being a coach and running a business online today, then you've got to check out Life Coach Office. We offer a free seven-day trial, which you can sign up for with no credit card required at universalcoachingsystems.com slash LCO. Today, we've got the very talented Carrie Miton on the show. She will be telling us all about her client attraction system. Now, Carrie sold her first IT company back in 2008 for over one million US dollars and she was the tender age of 25. In 2010, she began working with celebrities like Laura Langmeyer and Jordan Belford, who is also known as the Wolf of Wall Street. And she has created over 32 million in sales for her clients in the last seven years. Now, Carrie is a hot commodity these days. So I'm really happy that we got to grab her for 30 minutes and have a chat about how How to attract clients to your coaching business. Hello, Carrie, and welcome to the show. Hi, Vinay. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to have you here during our uh, uh, downgraded cyclone. (laughs) We'll see how the connection is. Yeah, crazy. Okay, anyway, let's jump straight into it. Um, As you know, my listeners are mostly coaches, and there's some kind of or they're some kind of healer or therapist who add coaching into what they do and they're running their own businesses or they're just about to start one. So with that in mind and and just knowing from, from knowing my audience from, from having worked with them for so many years now through surveys and through you know the interactions that I've had the opportunity to have over the years, I know the number one issue with coaches is that they want to get help with getting clients because that's what all coaching businesses really need to thrive so when you proposed talking about your client attraction system on the show I got so excited so I was hoping that you could kick us off like by jumping straight in and just tell us a little bit about the system um, and and really why you think it's so essential to have such a system in a coaching
1: business basically the last seven years I got a, I was really lucky to get started with really high-end you know speakers and coaches and mentors and kind of watch from the back end how they were bringing clients in and everything was done very meticulously everything was done with a system and uh, basically they all needed to have leverage because I think as coaches and consultants and any anybody who's a practitioner who is advising people, the number one thing is everybody wants your advice, and they need to taste it a little bit before they jump in and start paying for it. So, um, I just kind of sat on the back end and I was watching for you know for years how are these you know big time speakers how is you know how how are the the guys that are the New York Times bestsellers what are they doing differently. And I think the biggest problem for coaches and speakers and consultants is they don't have anything to teach people about them when they first get started. And so they end up spending a lot of time chasing clients or a lot of time chasing people that they think are prospects when they're really just at that beginning point. And they lose so much important, valuable time that should be spent selling and closing and getting business in the door and and they spend... lot of time educating people who are 10% interested, not 90 or 100% interested. Mm. So that's really where this came from. So if you notice one thing, I'm just going to drive. So I'm just going to kind of talk. Is that okay with you? Yes, Go for it. Okay. Um, So I think the the key, key thing, and and ask questions, please, because I'm just going to run through it very fast. The key thing is you've got to have some sort of leverage. So but the biggest point is if you look at what people value, 51% of people right now are spending money on Amazon in the United States. So 51% of online spending right now is happening on Amazon in the United States. So Amazon, if Amazon holds 51% of the buyers and we know that someone who is currently spending money is more likely to spend money, then why as coaches, consultants, speakers, healers, naturopaths practitioners why aren't we also available on Amazon a place where they spend money but more importantly if we look at the statistics on the e learning industry and the education industry people value books people value education so if you can educate them and have a perceived value at the same time and be on a third-party site that they also value you've knocked out three of the most important things for them to see you as an expert which is the most important thing for people to see you as an authority, right? And then you've knocked down that you're no longer working with a prospect who's only 10% interested, at least we've now got them to 50%. So having some sort of a book, I call them a power book. It's literally, you know, between 10 and 20 pages long. And it just gives people that taster to take them from that's interesting to if they've spent... You know, reading if they've spent time just reading through your table of contents, they get a gist of who you are, what you do, and if they want to work with you. People are making decisions fast, I find, and this way you have a bit of leverage. So, getting clients is great, but not everybody is going to be a referral, which is why you need a client attraction system, right? So, having a little book, having a little education piece that systematically leads them into a sales conversation takes them from 10% 10% interested or 20% interested or being what I call a looky-loo to being a serious person. So instead of spending 40 hours a week talking to people who are partially interested and chasing, chasing, chasing and spending six hours to get the first sale, you go from getting you know, three quarters of your week back and only having conversations with people who are actually in a position and ready to make a buying decision and leveraging a system from bringing them from an education piece through to bringing them to the sales conversation. So it's more than just the book, but the book is what sets it up so that you automatically have a position in the market that's much stronger than anybody else in your field. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So what I'm hearing is that um, one of the most important reasons to have the system in place for your coaching business is that you automatically filter out the the tire kickers and start only investing your your one-on-one time with people who are serious candidates for being an actual paying client
1: exactly Exactly. okay
0: and that's kind of the starting point and then there's probably a whole flow on that um, we need to get into
1: (laughs) yeah and the really cool part of this whole system is you actually, because right in the beginning, so if you go to my little website, you can see the client system.com.au you can actually see there, I immediately bring them to an opt-in, right? So like, and Benet, you do the same thing. Like, so if you look fundamentally beyond you and I, if we look at the, you know, the big coaches, whoever that might be for you, whether that's Louise Hay, or if that's, you know, um, Dwayne Dwyer, or any of these guys, almost all of them have, a opt in education piece that you come to that immediately takes you into their database. So, that's one thing I feel a lot of coaches come into, and, and business owners in general, is they don't realize how valuable that database is. So, even if that person comes in and doesn't immediately move into a sales conversation, you start to build up and harvest a database of people who are interested in something that has a high perceived value. So you can start having bigger conversations because they've said yes. And now you've actually developed an asset at the same time as potentially bringing them directly into a sale within the next two to three weeks. Make sense?
0: Yeah, totally makes sense. Okay, so um, for the for coaches who um, might be really, really new to online space, and I know that I do have some of those in my in my reader base, um, could you just kind of give us a little bit of an explanation about what an opt in page is?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sometimes my tech head gets in the clouds. So thanks. Oh, that's okay. That's my job to. to do that. Sure. <laughs> so an opt in is basically um, where you click on a button, and you fill out your. You know, first name, last name and email address or telephone number or address or whatever that is. So if any, if you've ever gone to, you know, if if you've ever gone into a website and you wanted to get somebody's, you know, information or product for free, they generally ask you to give to do in industry terms, opt in, give them your name and your email address in exchange for getting that item for free. So that opt-in then becomes a part of your database. And a database is a list of subscribers or uh, contact information from people who have said, yes, you have permission to communicate with me.
0: Okay. And um, can you just explain a little bit, what's the difference between having a website and having an opt-in page?
1: That's a very good question. So a website... Um, a website hosts opt-in pages, okay? So like if you look at a website, you know, I look at, so I'm going to kind of take a side step for just a second. So I look at websites and I look at opt-in pages as two different things, okay? So like if someone comes to your website, generally speaking, they know who you are. Generally speaking, somehow they've found you and they know who you are, right? So I call that your corporate business site. Okay. I look at as there's the marketing pages, which is your opt-in pages. And then there's your actual main website. So your main website should be able to take someone who you've had a conversation with, who you have contacted, or someone has referred them to come and have a conversation with you in a business capacity to prove that you're the best person on the planet for them to do business with. Not necessarily be a lead generation machine. This is my personal take on it. Okay? okay, opt-in pages can be hosted. You know, you can have, uh, you know, you can have a link to an opt-in page on somebody else's site, or it could be hosted by someone else. Right. So, some you may have seen. You know, Benet, you probably have seen where people have leadpages.co or whatever that is mm-hmm. slash. Binet is the best book, you know, and, and you can use those type of little mini opt-in pages. They're easy. They're available on other people's um, domains. They don't require you having this big fancy, you know, website to host all your different pages on. And from there, you, you, that's an opt-in page. It's just a single individual page with the entire purpose of that page is built to convince someone to give you their contact information okay so you're not you
0: don't have all the navigation that you have on a normal website it's just no like a sign in button really
1: yes exactly like a yes like it's an opt-in button and okay. and ideally your opt-in page is written with the sole purpose of just getting someone to give you their contact information so like big websites and again this is my take on things so i i don't generate traffic or interest to my main page ever unless it's people who already know me i would then bring them back to my main page to remind them of who i am and why they should do business with me but an opt-in page and you can go and check out some of the top marketers opt-in pages or some of the people or if you can find back to the first place where you you know, opted in for a book or a webinar or a podcast or whatever they may be, there is no, there's typically no menu or navigation bar on that because the purpose and the goal of the person who has driven you there is just to get you focused on receiving that free book or receiving that free recording or going to that webinar because that's all they want you to do. Okay. Sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, it makes sense, and I think your opt-in page is actually a really good example, and we'll link to that in the show notes for this podcast. So, listeners, you can check out um, Carrie's opt-in page, um, and that'll be a really good example, I think, of what she's talking about too. Um, okay, so let's let's go back. So, we started talking about the client attraction system, and it looks we we understand the purpose is that you're actually um, getting rid of the tire kickers and really honing in on the people who are you know they're ready to actually. Become, they're more likely to become a paying customer. So we've, we've set the stage there. We know that you have this, what you called your power book, your 10 to 20 page awesome thing that, that helps people decide whether or not they want to take that further step with working with you as a coach or not. They get it through this opt-in page so that you're on their list. Now, I'm just wondering now, um, we've kind of started with this, this opt-in page. Are there steps, marketing steps before that are part of the system that lead you into this marketing page and then the opt-in page and then what what happens after they're in
1: yeah yeah okay so basically this is there's two points of this so one is you know we talked very briefly about the actual database right so inside of a database for instance the when you capture someone's information typically through the client attraction system you do a follow-up anywhere between four and six weeks to get these people to come right in and make, you know, some sort of a buying decision, right? So generally speaking, there's, there's three parts of the client attraction system. One is what you see on the web, which is your opt-in page and your, what I call your next step page, which is basically telling them what to do now that they've got the book, which is to come and have a sales conversation with you or to buy something from you, right? So that's a very key point here. The second part is you know, following up with the people who haven't made a buying decision, which is what happens between four and six weeks after they have given you their contact information. And then the the third part, which is the key part, is being able to consistently generate your ideal client leads to that first free giveaway opt-in page, right? So there's three key pieces. The beautiful thing is, once you have a client attraction system, you can turn it on and off, right? So, just before we, we were talking, I said, Yeah, I had to turn mine off because I had too many clients. So, the beautiful thing about having a client attraction system is if you say, Okay, right, I want to get more people who are, you know, male, they work in an accounting business, and they all have thyroid problems. Well, we can literally go find where the males that are between the ages of 45 and 50 that run accounting firms that have thyroid problems and only generate those specific people to this client attraction system. And then the system works for you to make them come and have a sales conversation or to come and buy from you, right? So those are the three key points of it. It's the actual opt-in page. It's the follow-up to take you know, them through a continual process. Some people will come right in in the next step page. I call them the eagles, they'll jump right in and they'll decide to make a buying decision today. And then you still love and you love on them, as I call it, for the next four to six weeks for the ones who haven't been able to make a decision to remind them who you are, why they should do business with you. And then you can add as much traffic as you want um, to ideally the right kinds of clients so that it's a very good, you know, good investment of time, energy, or money if you're going to pay for the advertising, um, and then you can turn it on and off. So does that make sense?
0: It makes perfect sense. I mean, I think the thing that's so cool about it is it's it sounds so simple. It's just these three steps. But I know, I know from my own experience, when you peel back the layers of actually the content that you put in each of these steps like your opt-in and then the follow-up email sequences you get if they're a buyer or a not buyer there's a lot of um i guess love and and and, and attention to messaging that needs to go into that can you talk a little bit
1: about where yeah people so start? that's that's, <laughs> that's 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 the biggest thing isn't it uh. i mean everybody can go and set up a landing page everybody and a lot of people that come in i work with like they have spent years and so much time trying to get their messaging, right? And this is the hardest part. Anybody can have an opt-in page. In fact, everybody has an opt-in page. Everybody has a website. Everybody has Facebook pages. Everybody's got social media, right? But Mm. the people who are the most attractive are the people that really step back and focus on who is my ideal client, and what do they really want from me? More importantly, what is their biggest problem like what hurts them the most to make them want to come and make a decision today to do something right and that's the secret sauce right a lot of people they said like the industry average right now the statistics are showing the average opt-in rate on cold traffic right now is between like three and five percent that's really bad right so if you know that you're, if you were to generate 100 people to come to your web page and only three to five people would actually opt in, that would be a really big disappointment. Especially when you're talking about, you know, I have a client who's spending $120,000 a month on advertising. That's a huge amount of money, right? Yeah. So for him, if he's going to spend that much money, he's better off spending it finding the exact profile clients, right? And yeah. for coaches. Man, like, you know, if we pay a hundred bucks toward our advertising dollars, we want them to, you know, we want to make sure we're getting sales from that. Right. Exactly. So the languaging is the most important part and knowing who your client is, is actually the more important part Mm. because it's easy to communicate and convince when you're clear on why people buy from you and who buys from you right so it's almost like taking a total step back because your language is actually very easy and it flows effortlessly to us when we actually pay attention to the people who spend money with us so that is the most important part to the whole thing because you can have a thousand of these different pages but really focusing on you know that ideal client for your language is the most important part did I answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, you did. So and I know I know from experience and from all the coaches I've worked with too that you know picking that ideal client and actually even picking that that problem that you solve is such um a challenge for so many coaches out there. And I think what the the conflict that I often see in maybe uh, I don't know if you've had a similar experience or different but um is that coaches feel really stuck between like these top four things that people buy. Like, you know, they, they, they invest in relationships, they invest in making more money, you know, and there's a couple of other things that are like the top things that, you know, will mm-hmm. make your business make money and make people buy from you. However, they're always, they're often in conflict with something else that they're quite passionate about that might be like a lower rung of it. And they don't want to be just another, um, I guess, money-making coach, Right. Or, or a business coach. So to, to be different and to be authentic, but then also to have a problem that people
1: invest in. Do, can you say anything on that? Yeah, look, I actually 100% agree with you. I think the, the biggest problem I find with coaches and speakers and, and, and consultants, like I could go on and on and on and on and on about this, is they want to be too general and they're afraid to niche and they're afraid to be specific in their language, but it's the specificity, it's the specificity that actually, and I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> going to say it is right now. I like it's it. <laughs> that, that makes people go bananas. My opt-in rates, right on my pages, like I said, industry average, and you go, please go check my stats. Cause I could be wrong, or we could be a month down the road when everything changes. Um, but the, the industry, the averages we're getting on our opt-in pages are starting at 27%, right? Wow. Which is Amazing. That's humongous. In fact, the other day I did a, uh, we did a big campaign To, um, I have a client who's in Perth, right, which is tiny in Western Australia, to all over Europe, to a database of 16,000 of her ideal clients all over Europe. And we had 130 people hit the page and we had 67 people opt in, right? So you got the math. But that is pretty amazing. But the thing was, it was really niched, niched down, and it wasn't talking about money. In fact, the whole thing didn't even say one thing about money. It just talked to what her clients wanted more of, what they needed more of. And we really paid attention to that pain point. And surprisingly, it had nothing to do with money. It had everything to do with time, how they felt about their time. And it had everything to do with what keeps them up at night. You know, so if you wanted to ask yourself three quick, three key questions, bring yourself all the way back to, and this is what I do with every single client I work with, bring yourself back to what what are the three things that you hear over and over and over and over and over again on the very first conversation you have with someone? The very first one. And that's generally the right language. That's generally what should be all over your opt-in page. That's what's going to convince someone to make a decision. And it's not what everybody else is doing. In fact, the biggest mistake I made in 2014 was I hired, a, um, I hired a consultant that I had worked really close with for a speaker who was doing $20 million a year in his business. And he had this big list and you know his language was very different to my language. And I was going after the general market versus the specific market, right? I spent over $45,000 on Facebook advertising, and I got a $49 sale. Now I wanted to kill myself, and we spent a whole year, and I don't mean that literally. I wanted to just <laughs> cut his foot off, right? I was so upset about the results, and it literally took you know me stepping back, and I took you know three months, and I just said, right, who is buying for me? Who did buy for me? What do they really want from me? And what is it about me that they need the most? And I went all the way back to that very first conversation that I had with my biggest paying clients and I found it. And then I changed all my language. Literally the whole opt-in page was just about that one thing. And I spent $4,800 the next year $4,800 $4,800 so ten, you know a little more than 10% on Facebook advertising and it yielded a quarter of a million dollar return just on that one campaign wow, because okay. I was that specific. So it is really about niching down. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about anything that everybody else says. Worry about what works for you and pay attention to what people are saying for you and okay. that's how you get the right language.
0: I love that messaging. So when you, when you do go and you do this data mining of, of, of what your clients are saying to you, do you just do it from memory? Do you do a survey? Do you actually interview people? What's your technique?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, have, I just ask a lot of questions, right? So I think this is the biggest thing. How you ask the questions, one of the worst things I've found, believe it or not, to do is to ask your current clients who've been working with you for a little while these questions. And the reason is because they're going to give you the answers that have come to them now, Mm -hmm. versus being in that moment from before. I think one of the best things to do, and and I hopefully, you know, the, you know, people have access to be able to do this, but you can do it pretty simply. I mean, you could, you know, host a little meetup group if you wanted around your topic. And then at the end you could ask people to come and have a, you know, have a strategy session or something with you or, or find out what their problems are. But you're better off targeting your people who are actually interested in what you're doing and getting them right at the beginning. So if you're really totally and completely out of touch with what people or why people buy from you or what's gonna actually make them take out their, you know. Checkbook or their credit card or do a bank deposit or whatever it is, you really got to catch them right in the beginning. So you go to the people who haven't spent money yet and you really listen. So whether that's doing strategy sessions, whether that's, you know, getting them in a Q and a group with you, you know, whatever it is, you just sit down and let them talk. I remember one of the things I did is I did a little tiny group. Um, and I just talked about who I was, what I was about, what I was going to be talking about. Just generally speaking, right, with my expertise, I I leveraged a lot of my background and my expertise. And I had a room full of speakers, literally. And I was like, oh, God, really? Speakers? I didn't really think speakers were going to be attracted to me. I've already done that, right? Uh And then literally, I let them talk. So I had a two-hour little group, and it was literally, you know, we had eight to ten people in the room, and I let them talk the whole time this is what most people don't do so literally we went for I think an hour and a half to two hours and an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes of the time they stood up and they talked about what they wanted why they wanted it and when they wanted it by and from that I got all my language That's and I made awesome. money
0: so 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 how did you entice those people into the room? Probably a lot of people are like, wow, this sounds like, you know, gold. Um, but how do you get those, those 10 bodies to, to be present? And what was the incentive? Why would, they, why did well, they get, um, I just talked.
1: you know what? And, and this might, again, I'm going to probably go against all the traditional stuff. Right. But I, I like that. <laughs> uh, I find the I thought, I find paying more attention slowing down is what I call it. Being human, just be real. Like, stop trying to be anybody else it doesn't work you know trying to use all those different consulting strategies that the big super successful 20 million dollar a year coach was using it didn't work for me because nobody knew who i was then you know like if they don't know who you are then just be real so like if you were to do a little you know if you were to do a a little meetup group for instance you can set up i don't know and for coaches sometimes this is the best start right if you were to do a little meetup group in your local area and you tell them a little bit about you and what, you know, what's what you can do for them. So let's say you're a naturopath. Right. And as a naturopath, you want to help more people. You know, you might specifically find that you enjoy and are most passionate about helping people with adrenal, uh, adrenal fatigue. Right. Well, then you talk about the fact that at your first meetup, you're going to talk about, you know, adrenal fatigue. And you can, you can set up meetup groups and meetup has a huge list of different people. Eventbrite has a huge list of different people. So when you actually post a little event, events are fantastic because you get in front of a group. So you get social proof around the room. It's not just you talking to one person. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get, you know, outside influence beyond you because you've put it together and you can go do it somewhere free. So it's low cost, but meetup, you know, I think it's like, you know, 60 bucks or 20 bucks a month or something. To get a meetup group set up, it's really inexpensive. It's a really good way to market test, and generally, if you end up with one client, you know it pays for itself and then some. Mm -hmm. Or Eventbrite, Um, Eventbrite is another really good one if you like to do events. Um, And if you want to work a little bit harder and you want to try and do all this online, um, you can you know spend weeks or a month inside of like Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups. In the freebie stuff to try and find those people. But you ha- you have stronger influence when you hold your own little mini event. And literally, when I look back on how almost even Laurel, Laurel Langmeyer, you know who she is, she's the, you know, she's who I started with. She started with meetup groups. Lisa Sasevich started with meetup groups. Mike Keenix, I mean, some of the big Jay Conrad Lettuce, Levinson started with little bitty groups. You know, there weren't meetups back then, but there were universities. And they started by just getting in front of people and asking these questions and seeing what the response was, but they leveraged their experience and who they were and they focused on what they enjoyed to get people to come. So like Laurel focused on the fact that she was really good back then in the nineties, she was good at taxes, right? So like she would talk about her experience, you know, minimizing tax, And that, you know, what she had done with Robert Kiyosaki and she used her experience before anybody knew who she was to entice people to want to come and meet her. So right now, if you've been working, you know, if you're brand new to the coaching space and you've been a CFO or a director of sales, or you've been working in the pharmaceutical industry, you know, chemically engineering, how to put together a, you know, a XY molecule with a, you know, chem, you know, a, gold molecule and you've made this amazing thing well leverage the fact that you know you've got something specific that people who might also be engineers are very interested in so talk about a little bit of your experience and what you want to do for people and then generally you'll have even if it's only five people it's a great little group to talk back to you and tell you and give you feedback And you're gonna see who's attracted to you right off the bat just by talking about who you are and what you've done in your life. You know,
0: I love what you're saying, Carrie, because one thing that I also find with coaches, a very common thing is, they've had this you know this career um sometimes a very professional and extraordinary career but they get really sick or burnt out of it they discover life coaching or you know their their new um uh techniques and and they like want to just forget that whole career and just focus you know on becoming an NLP coach you know and, yeah. and people quit smoking and then they like f- totally forget or don't, don't leverage this expertise that they've got like 20 years of, you know, and I see that as a very common problem. And so what you're saying here really pulls that into the forefront and helps to kind of kickstart.
1: For sure. And that's your, you're going to find, and you probably find this too, Benet, like if you look at the people who are attracted to you, generally there's something, you know, there's something unique about you that makes you you, that is what people buy from. Like, you know, I I grew up with an accountant as a father. And when I went to university, I went to get, you know, an accounting degree. And last year I had to giggle because, you know, looking at my clients, almost all of them had some sort of certificate in accounting. And I was like, that is so weird. You know, like, that's really weird. But what happened was, you know, it was like, you know, a new level of, you know, Client attraction, you know, go after the ones with accounting degrees, like a whole other niching, right? But yeah. I didn't even pay attention to it. But the thing was, I, I guess what it, whatever it was about the way I was communicating is what connected to them to me. And like a lot of, I see this, like what you're saying with the NLP coaches. Oh my gosh, they're just they. There's there's a there's huge amounts of people who do quit smoking in NLP. But if you use your uniqueness. Like engineers attract engineers, you know, like I had a railway engineer who literally gets called in like once a month to go and fix railway. But the people who were attracted to him that wanted him to do NLP with them were the engineers, oh. were the blue collar people. And is there really a problem if you start working with people who are like you? Do you really have to have them all? There's a lot of people in the world, right? Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: So... And I think this is what, for whatever reason, there's, there's this just that nobody's hearing this in it, but if you actually pay attention and you look around a room, if you go and you go go to someone's specific room, or if you, you know, you look at, you know, any of the different, you know, mega people, potentially, they're often the kind of people who are in the back when that, that are booking in for the strategy sessions or pulling out their credit cards. There is a common denominator in those people and the person in the room. And Laurel spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I talk about her because I I worked with her for a long time and, and I watched her whole process. And literally Laurel would, she spent hundreds of thousands of dollars getting clear on three specific people that would buy from her. And then she figured out where the highest volume of those people were and spent most of her time in those areas. There's something to being really clear about what's authentic to you, what's special to you, and then focusing on communicating with those people who are going to be just like you. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, oh, there's so much here. I think we could keep going forever and ever, I but I think we've actually already gone, gone over. I'm just so wrapped up in everything you're saying. Okay, Sorry. So, no, I, I loved, loved every single minute of it. Um, so I just want to do a little bit of a, a recap because we covered so much material here. Um, so the, the client attraction system is, is really it's a simple three-step process. It's got an opt-in page. It's got a follow-up, um, I guess, program or sequence of four to six weeks. And then it's got a, a way to consistently generate new people into that opt-in page. That's the
1: three parts. Correct. You got it. The ideal people, the right people. The
0: ideal people. So then we spend a lot of time talking about ideal clients and, and how to be able to basically hone your messaging. And I love that idea of just getting a simple meetup group together. And the reason I really love that is because that is really accessible and possible, I know, for all of people listening to this show. They can easily pull that together and make that happen and then the idea from that meetup group is basically it's your focus group and they're going to give you all the words to use in your marketing material you got it that's just awesome i, I love how you've made it so simple and so doable anybody can do this okay um is there any uh, parting message or tip that you'd like to give to to my audience as you know something they could do maybe in the next week or something to to get this ball rolling for them?
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is if you have had, you know, even if it's, you know, 10 clients, you know, maybe ask them if they know somebody who could benefit from what you do. So if there are two ways to get this started right now without having to do anything online, um, you know, ask the clients that have paid you money, if they know somebody who could use your help and then go and do a strategy session with them, whether they buy or not, you get to hear what they have to say, or go and, you know, do an right group or do a meetup group and take some sort of action to actually get in front of, you know, at least a handful of the right people who are attracted to you and really listen, stop talking so much and <laughs> listen.
0: That's such good advice, Listen, Because ever they tell you the answers. We, That's you know, right. Before I got into to coaching, I was actually a, a interface usability specialist. So I would watch people use systems, and I would basically see where they were falling apart and where the system needed to be to be fixed. <laughs> but they give it's just, You're listening, you know. They give you all the answers.
1: That's right. That's awesome.
0: Okay. Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show. If anybody wants to, to grab a copy of your book where you actually outline this of your power book, um, I know there's a place where they can get it. What is that URL?
1: Yep. They go to clientattractionsystem.com.au. So clientattractionsystem.com.au.
0: Thank you. Okay. And I hope everybody will go out and get that now that you've turned it back on.
1: <laughs> yes, it's back on. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Okay. Uh, Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And listeners, thank you again for listening to another episode of Coach Pep Talk. Happy coaching.